Welcome to the Minivate Gang Podcast, episode 383. And I'm Steve Borsch, and I'm on with the GOP candidate <laughs> for, no, I don't no, know, stop. Tim Elliott. What? I, I've been called a lot of things, but, but never a GOP. <laughs> never a GOP supporter. And, uh, and the, 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 the Democratic candidate for uh, <laughs> 2020 is Phil Wilson. Hello. Yeah. How you guys so I'll, I'll just say it right off the top. I did not support either candidate. There you go. Right off the top, I said I'll, I'll say that I did support Hillary. Okay, well there that's not a shocker. I know it's not a shocker. Well, all I can say is, is I I had an anti-Trump vote. Good. So. Oh, you don't. You're not going to tell us. No, I, I, I obviously my anti-Trump vote was for Hillary because okay. I, oh, you I just thought that he I was. I thought you'd have been in Jill's science corner. Come on, we need no, third party. because you know what? Uh, I'm so sorry, Tim, but I think the uh, the third party candidate thing is a throwaway vote. You know what amazed me it was nope. six to eight million people. There was the was the uh, projection that people that did not vote or stayed home. Um, yeah, so. I, that's the thing that that bothers me the most is the the people that didn't vote at all. And I've, yeah. I've, I've often, I was wondering, you know, there were uh, demonstrations after the, the election was over over the last few nights. And I, that, that strikes me as just uh, insane. What are we demonstrating? Your guy didn't win. Yeah. You can't demonstrate, you know, if you want to truly, you know, if you really want to participate in the democratic process, you can't have mass whining. I mean, yeah. you pick, you know, let's see what happens. Pick, you know, pick something that you believe in. If you believe it's in jeopardy and in peril, then then put your energy in that. Don't complain about the, the process. Well, so. no, I don't think there's a complaint about the process. I, I think that they uh, are protesting because they are shocked and stunned that someone who uh, did what he did during the campaign process got elected. I think that's really what it's all about. But also, um, I, I was considering very seriously with all the Hennepin County judgeships that were there, there that mm-hmm. that were unopposed, I just thought, I said to Michelle after I walked out of the booth, I just said, yeah, I was thinking about writing myself in for all the judgeships. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Why not? There you go. There Why you not? Go. So that obviously, is, that is terrible. The whole second side down here in Dakota County was all these judgeships, and there was only one that was contested. Yes, only yeah. one. Yeah, there's a only few one. in Hennepin County. It's like, what is this Amazing. with that? Why do we have to even vote? For those, yeah. you know, if there's because no one running against because it's because it's called the electoral process. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. So if yeah. we're going to talk about this election, which and which we do, which we do, well, let's talk we, about it in the context of how will the President Trump affect technology? And there's I think all sorts of fear, of fear stories that are out about oh net neutrality is out the window and who knows we, what we, happens. But we don't know yet. Warming and blah blah no, blah. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know yet. anything. We, we know what he said during the campaign, but right. you, you, we all know that that uh, you know people say whatever they have to say to win, right. and then they come in and they, when they have to govern, they're like, oh geez, do I really have? Oh yeah, I'm going to have to take a position now and well there, back are, it up there are definitely the, the three things i think the three things that really apply to tech most uh you know are are things like net neutrality yeah. um uh, climate change 
uh, and online pri- privacy, cybersecurity. I think Bingo. all those are the those, big three. Yeah, all of those are the big three on the innovation side and on the technology side, and those are the yeah. things that that are probably most at risk. And that just because of Donald Trump, but because of the the, the majority of the GOP. I mean, we've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of issues that are still sort of fleshing out. And I think that yes, Steve, based on what Trump said during the campaign, and you would you would hope at least you know he would to stick to what he says on the campaign. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying that, that uh, as Tim said, I think offline earlier, you'd like to have somebody that it feels like they're telling the truth and believe in what they're saying. But yeah. uh, if he were to say, if he were to execute on these things, these are all issues that are in jeopardy and they're all, um, they're all not looking good to be protected. Um, yeah. So well, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take the Graham Thickens approach here. And I'm going to say that let's see what happens. The GOP is the party of less government. Hopefully less government means that some of these tech issues will either not be regulated or will not go in the wrong direction. So let's just see what happens. I mean, we don't, we don't have any data now. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's highly likely that he's going to uh, rule as a Democrat because he's been a lifelong Democrat. And you guys will be probably happier than, than I will be. Uh, as someone who believes in less government no, um, with his administration. I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I don't, I wish I could be that optimistic. I really do. I, I guess I'm not, I guess I'm not necessarily, uh, um, uh, looking at the dark side completely, because like you said, I'm just not sure. I think it's the uncertainty that, uh, I have never felt at the outcome of an election before. Um, and I mean, my guy has not won many times, <laughs> But I've never felt like, well, this is just hopeless. And this is, this, this is uh, you know, that's, that's an uncertainty. Yeah, no, I've, I voted in 10 elections so far, and seven of the 10 times my guy didn't win, uh, as it was in this election. And I remember the first time that I voted in 1980, um, I felt really fearful about Ronald Reagan. And uh, he won, and it turned out to be okay. So I think that we should just kind of take a step back, not think the worst, Let's get on with it. And if you oppose the policy, there are ways to oppose them. And I think that the Democratic Party will oppose them. I think that some in the Republican Party will oppose them as well. When he's well, we have a government. Well, I'll just say one last thing about it. And then let's move on to this. We've got some good Minnesota stories to talk about. But the uh, the one thing that I will say is there has been an explosion in change. Um, in terms of people gearing up now to be watchdogs. So instead of being lapdogs and just going along with whatever he wants, the GOP wants, um, people are morphing quickly uh, and focusing their their frustration and anger toward being watchdogs. So mm-hmm. the, the Electronic Frontier Foundation uh, uh, has gotten a bunch of new donors. The ACLU has. Um uh, and we'll talk about some stories later on, but the uh, on, in my cool thing of the week, there's a specific technology that's been, they've doubled their registrations since the election. And, um, and so a lot of stuff's going on. And, you know, as hot as uh, uh, the tech sector is and the growth, the Minnesota High Tech Association, there's an article this week about uh, there's 11,400 jobs open at median salaries of 81200 for project managers, software engineers, manufacturers, and stuff in the Twin Cities. It's like, what? 
Yeah. There's that I, many I, jobs? I call BS on all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Do you? I, I was, okay. I, well, yeah. I, I got to tell you, the one thing that kind of I, I read through that article and what I couldn't quite understand is why they necessarily referenced up and were here in, you know, here in Dakota County in Apple Valley um, about um, saying they had open positions because those, those positions were not tech related positions. Those were manufacturing positions at $15 an hour. And I kind of, I found that interesting that they, they used that as a highlight of open positions. Is am I am I wrong in that? Is that did that strike anybody else as kind of odd? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's because it's it's you know well the, the but here's the thing: the spin on that I think is based on the fact that those manufacturing jobs are technology um, centric because you've got to know how to run uh, embedded systems and and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, which you know frankly is like. Hey, if you can drive a today's car, you can probably run these machines with a little bit of training. Yeah, but I wouldn't call them technology. Exactly. Precisely. I, yeah. I, yeah. I would say, yeah, they're, right, they're right, so right. I, I, there's a certain amount of BS that I, I perceive in that. I think there are open tech positions, and I think that there is a uh, desire to fill them with qualified people. But I think there's yeah, under 40. If you're under 40, qualified people. If you're under 40, yes. Yeah. If you're over 40, forget it. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about, you know, I think we always talk about ageism and that is that does tend to run rampant. There are those exceptions. Uh, I kind of count myself as an exception, but uh, there is a great deal of, of, of ageism that goes on. So these people that are, you know, either have decided to stop looking for jobs or are still unemployed tend to be older and need uh, need to be considered more more seriously for positions in technology. Yeah. So you're saying BuzzFeed is uh, has a hire the elderly initiative? <laughs> no, I don't know if they have a hire the elderly <laughs> initiative. <laughs> you know, but, you 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 are you know what? Honest to God, Phil, if I didn't see you in person, I'd think you were like 30, 35. Yeah. Well, in I terms really of am. what you know and your energy and all the crap you do and all that, yeah, so I really am, you know. So that's uh, yeah. Yeah. of course I still I still feel like I'm in high school, as as usually demonstrated by my snarky, snide <laughs> remarks. My okay, I'm I'm the podcast smartass. So there you go. It wouldn't be hard a hard stretch to think, and hey, this kid's just out of school. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I I was really pleased to see this uh, this next story here that we're going to talk about. Uh, Datalink Corporation is going to be acquired for two hundred and fifty eight million by Inside Enterprises, and the reason that I thought this was so interesting is that I used to work for a company called Clothier Herald Company. And um, Stan Clothier and Steve Harold were the, the the two principals, and Steve actually worked for Stan. But uh, we repped Apple Computer, and then we also had this little crappy software company on the other side called Microsoft. But never they, they were never going to go anywhere. Uh-uh. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but um, um, Stan is one of the greatest human beings ever, and to see DataLink get get uh, acquired was uh, was really interesting. But you know what I saw is kind of a subtext to this. This is just my opinion now, but Datalink's Datalink was all about or is all about the data center. And yes, they've they've moved toward more cloud centric solutions. But I'm just wondering if there's roll ups. I'm going to start looking for this because I'm wondering if there are roll ups going on in that space. Anybody that's doing things in corporate data center world, their businesses have to be downtrending. They've got great customer bases. And I'm yep. just wondering if that uh, if that's really what this is about is that it's a consolidation play. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, Data Link. I worked for them ten years ago. Oh, you uh, did. 
Yeah, and it's. Uh, Did you know Stan? Uh, uh, tangentially, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, it was a very different company when I worked for them, and uh, I, in, in fact, I was one of the first people to bring services, uh, aside from installation, but professional services to the company. And now, they've sort of morphed into more of a data center services company, and less of a uh, of a sales operation for. Hitachi and network appliance and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the, uh, the people that supply data center hardware. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it is a, a, a consolidation play here. I think we'll see a lot more of that in the data center as uh, companies get more, uh, uh, more used to using cloud-based services as opposed to having everything in their own data center under their control. Yeah. So... Interesting, though. I mean, I, I looked at the the people running the company, and, and it's pretty much everyone's different than it was when I was there. So, but uh, it was a big deal. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, we also uh, are high, we wanted to talk just a, a brief bit about um, RF Molder Jeweler is kind of spitting out an antique jewelry uh, startup in uh, well, I, thought, I was happy to see this article because Katie, is, who's the president of that particular jewelry uh, piece uh, business, is somebody that I talked to about. Um, you know, she called me about you know ways to get the word out about the company and that sort of thing. So I was really happy to see that Kathy wrote about it. Yeah, well, and, and what I thought was an interesting angle is that they're selling antique jewelry online, yes. uh, but with virtual reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. You, you can also, you, you know, I mean, it's not not dependent on virtual reality. It does have that virtual reality option. So, yes, well, you, and, you can, don't necessarily have to have Google Cardboard. And for those who uh, know him, Toby Krins is serving yep. as a freelance chief technology officer. And for those that don't know, Toby uh, is a uh, longtime WordPress developer, started the Minneapolis-St. Paul yep. WordPress Users Group. Yep, um, yep. Uh, yep. Spends a lot of website challenge with them for yep. you. Yeah, 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 good guy. Yep. Toby's a wonderful guy. Yep. So, and, uh, and hopefully, best of luck to them as they kind of yeah. you know, use uh, rea- augmented reality and virtual reality in their business. So. Yep. Well, cool. and then in another interesting development, um, our pals at Ciceron, um, Andrew Eklund and, and company. And, yep. And, and uh, um, they've uh, gone into an artificial intelligence partnership with Scott uh, Littman and Dan Malin's uh, new company. Um, equals three when right. they have this product called Lucy, which is essentially, um, you know, they've added a value added layer above the IBM Watson API so they can take advantage of Watson's technology. Cause I, IBM's exposed that now to third party developers. And, and, um, and this is, this is interesting because, you know, the, this is not an easy story to tell. It's not an easy way to put together pitches and so forth to, to talk about Lucy and the, the, you know, IBM Watson and what's it going to do for you. And, um, you know, how do you craft that story and that marketing message around this? Cause it's so incredibly new. So connecting up with, uh, with Ciceron and Andrew, they're really in and Andrew's team. They're really going to be able to take that to the next level. And uh, Ciceron and Andrew have always been sort of very much uh, interested in, in sort of pushing the boundaries with, um, uh, 
you know, virtual reality and that sort of thing. It, it, they also did some uh, backing of Visual, which is Chuck Olson's company. I know that they were an early oh, I did not know user that. of Chuck's company. So, yeah, so, huh. um, really, uh, Andrew does some interesting stuff down there, and he's really sort of found a renewed energy and enthusiasm for the tech space and has always, has always been always been there. But I, I remember making that transition from, from you know, broadcast and into online media. He was actually one of the first people I spoke with. So, huh. He's a good, good guy. So. Well, I just want to just stop for one second, guys. I just want to mention to everyone listening that um, I think this is my problem. I think I'm having network issues because um, mm-hmm. uh, you guys can't hear it, but in my headphones, I can hear the uh, the breakup of uh, the packets and so forth as we're doing this. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it's Google Hangouts or if it's my network or um, – you know, I think it's a distributed denial of service attack against. I think it is. I think well, everyone they're trying to stop the uh, dissemination of uh, uh, technology. Stories. I so. No, I think I think, so. I think yeah. the NSA uh, saw my blog post last week and uh, probably. Yeah, probably. Let's tone it down, Borsh. They're all. They're all. Borsh, you're, on, you're on so many lists. So many lists. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So, so the, um, speaking this, of virtual reality, there's well, an yeah. arcade coming. To yeah. Town. What's up with this? There's a, a virtual reality arcade. So you'll be able yeah, to go I, in and have those, those uh, VR experiences without spending a ton of money. Have we talked about this company Voxel before? I, I, I think did. we have, but I, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know either, but uh, it's, I just saw this blurb and I thought, Oh, this is interesting. And uh, you know, I, I still think the virtual reality is, you know, yeah. going to kind of just for gaming. So this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, so yep. Yep. it'll, yep. it'll, it's still a little bit too pricey, but when they get it down to, you know, something a more on a more consumer level and Google is certainly moving in that direction um, where you pop in your smartphone and you buy something that's less than 200 bucks, then uh, I think they'll, you'll see some widespread adoption of this stuff. Yeah, I think so. exactly. I think you're right. Yep. Well, well, we talked. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the election, but also uh, uh, from a more national, more you know, global view of technology and and uh, and the election. Um, well, there's some things I think that we, we we all kind of believe that we should take a look at, right? So, well, one thing that's not in any of these, which I think will will show its head, is if the corporate tax rate gets uh, lowered to something reasonable, we're going to see a lots of money repatriated, uh, yeah, especially exactly. from our friends at Apple right. who have lots of money that's sitting off in uh, accounts in the EU and uh, Ireland to be specific. And uh, you know, the EU is, it's coming for their tax money. <laughs> so they, they have reason to, to, to get it out of there. And if that happens, um, you know, I think that uh, the economy here could get a lot better. And, yeah. and maybe and maybe hiring eh, then again maybe not yeah I, I i just i don't i see them moving it to another country before they bring it home well if if, Tough if to know. the tax rates lowered enough uh, i think we'll you know we'll see that happen yeah. and if the tax rate is lowered enough where does the tax burden go for all the services well it wouldn't, on it, us well it would yeah but but it would be um you know potentially several billion dollars in uh, money oh, that would come in dollars think so it's oh yeah yep yep so you know it's not just apple it's it's all sorts of companies that are using ways to evade taxes mm-hmm. so so how can we get how can the three of us get one percent of that 
Of <laughs> everything coming how back in. Yeah. I'll take a how fraction about, of how about zero one percent. <laughs> yeah. How about zero zero one? That's all I want. I mean, yeah. come on, I'm not greedy. I don't need all ten. You know. Anyway. So so I was I was avoiding Facebook like the plague because it seems like everybody that I follow was uh, raving lunatics. So no, I did not was, see all you, these you fake news stories. You, I, I missed the well, fake news stories. Well, you, you, you missed so you missed the whole. You know, the Cubs won the World Series. By the way, because that really well, dominated, I watched that on that dominated Facebook for like a week. It was really yeah, nice. Yeah. It really was. Well, so here's the thing about this, uh, and, and uh, you know, there were probably 15 articles that came out. That we're talking about the Facebook algorithm for for news feeds and the so that was one part. So you, you you're living in an echo chamber because you're you're only seeing the things that you like and the things that you are interested in, and it happens to be all um, uh, Democratic centric stuff. If you're a Democrat and, and GOP related stuff and Fox News and all that, if you're a if you're a, a I didn't a see conservative. that. I didn't see that. I guess a libertarian, you just get all sorts of crazy well, crap. No, but, but it depends on what you. It depends you on what you. A lot of boing boing guys. Tweets. It depends got, on what. I got, I got vitriol from all sides. Yeah. Well, it depends on what you post and what you like uh, in terms of articles and so forth. But anyway, so they got slammed on that, and then this article in CNET came out uh, about Zuckerberg basically saying, "You know, you guys are crazy if you think that." Um, but it's going to be interesting that, that, uh, a lot of people are analyzing the, um, the algorithm, uh, even though they can't see it specifically, but right. then what's the, what's the thing that happened this week about Facebook, yeah, some uh, of, some inadvertently, of, some of us were reported, were reported dead, dead, unfortunately, on Facebook. Uh, that, you know, well, I, Wednesday, Wednesday morning, I felt a little down, but I don't think I was dead. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not dead, but, uh, they, they had a, they had a mishap, which uh, a lot of uh, live people were, uh, we're dropping dead. Yeah. We're, we're remembered, including Mark Zuckerberg himself. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. The, and this, oh, in the story, you'll see a screen cap from a tweet that, uh, that announces that Zuckerberg is dead. And, um, interesting. Yeah. hits the profiles up. Something happened where the, they're, you know, when you die and, and your Facebook profile becomes sort of a memorial. So, Hey, listen, while we're on Facebook, by the way, you know, I forgot to put this in the notes. I had lunch with uh, Greg Swan. You guys know Greg from, uh, you know, we've known Greg for a long time. He's with Space 150. He works a lot with, you know, staying on the edge of innovation and technology and and how that can be used in the digital um, uh, marketing and digital um, PR uh, PR world space can be. And, you know, I had lunch with him and we were talking about first and foremost, he was very excited because he had just confirmed that he was getting a a pair of snap classes. A friend of his had bought someone on uh, Venice beach. So I don't know if you've seen that there are actually the the video glasses from Snapchat um, that that they are uh, uh, sunglasses. Uh, But we were also talking about um, vertical video now that's going to start appearing in Facebook. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that that's a, that, is a game changer in the video space at all? Well, so for a long time, I had clients who would shoot th- with their phones. They'd shoot video, and it would be vertical. Yeah. And I would just hammer the hell out of them saying, stop yeah. doing vertical video. I mean, yeah, just Why turn- do people do that? I don't even it's, see it. It, it doesn't because, even occur to me to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, it would look like crap on an HDTV. And yeah. uh, why are you shooting video that way? And it's they do it because it's easy. Yeah. And so um, for a long time, there was, especially in the marketing space, I mean, I remember reading this article in Ad Age earlier this year talking about vertical videos and get over it for those of you that think that 
people are stupid for doing vertical videos. It just is what it is. So get it over it. But now you're going to have a full screen of vertical videos within the Facebook feed rather than oh, just yeah, a little itty bitty square on a, on a field of black on the top and bottom. You know, this, <laughs> this letter boxing gone wild. Um, it's, uh, you know, so, I mean, does this kind of, you know, just, is this just an attack, a change for our senses? Is that something that, that will eventually overcome and, and be able to say, oh, I can look at a video either way? I mean, you think about it, we're really only restricted by history. And history has always been a, you know, a, a four by, you know, a three by four or, a, you know, a 16 by eight. So, uh, well, I, I, I guess I would uh, um, disagree with that as a, as a statement. And I think people are, are just taking stuff, you know, and just shooting video or taking snaps you know like if you use instagram you've got a square instead of a 16 by 9 aspect ratio if you want to take a a, a horizontal picture but um you know for the same by the same token i i i really rail against the fact that i see family photos being taken at events with people's smartphones and you know, you bring them into Photoshop and you do a one X or two, or excuse me, a two X zoom. And it just looks like crap. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a DSLR snob. So, you know, I, I know the quality about how you can get quality output. Um, and, uh, I know most people don't, you know, they're like, whatever, I got my phone, I'll just grab a quick snap. But it's the same thing with video is that, yeah, it might look cool now, but what about, you know, 10 years from now? Yeah, but again, again, you're 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 speaking from history that we've always been constrained by this particular perspective. Um, uh, you know, it, it suppose suppose the suppose the uh, the the, uh, the photo became popular as a circle. You know, would we would we still be um, worried about vertical versus horizontal? I, I just I just think it's interesting to see. I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't I don't I'm not I'm not sure how it's going to impact. Um, because clearly everybody, uh, it's easier to do than spinning your camera is just take a, take a video in a vertical position. Yep. So now that vertical video is not going to be just, you know, moved and shrunk down to be in a, you know, a, a three by four or a 16 by nine. It's going to be a true vertical video. So, yep. Well, all I can say is, is that, uh, just think about watching your next movie in vertical video, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know, just, but I would that be would that's you and me again. We've grown up with the you know Panavision and that sort of thing, but so many people now are used to that that vertical look. Yeah, but yeah, okay, well, but, but wait, wait a second, because think well, I, I understand your argument and I understand your your uh, uh, questioning of mm-hmm. how we perceive things in the past. But, you know, one of the frustrating things for me now, especially in a 360 degree view world or VR world is, um, uh, you know, you are watching a, a movie on a big screen and it's 16 by nine aspect ratio and you can see all this stuff and you know, damn well that the person that is opening the door slowly in the cabin in the woods, uh, and you, and you can't see who's, who's on the other side of the door. You know damn well that there's, you know, going to be some guy in a mask or, you know, somebody with a knife or whatever. You can tell the the violin in the back. (laughs) Exactly. Because you can't see on the side, right? And so, um, you you know, you think about humans in our field of view. You know, we've got a 180-degree field of view, even though peripheral vision isn't all that sharp. Uh, 
Well, when but you look your, at the pers- but look your at- cat, on the other hand, your cat. <laughs> yeah, but then you look at the perspective of a of a vertical video, and now you've basically, uh, you know, cut that down, um, you know, by seventy percent. Okay, so let's look so, at it from this standpoint. If the future is actually into 360, uh, 360 imaging, whether that's video or whatever, if, if I mean, does it matter if you're going to if you're moving the, the the field of view anyway? So you're no, it doesn't. Yeah, it only matters if you believe that cinema is a, an art form and that the wide, you know, wide aspect ratio is part of that art form. Yeah. And uh, I think that um, well, I, I think- never. An argument could be made that vertical is more of an art form. I doubt it. Because, yeah. it, breaks, because it, takes the, it breaks the norm. It's, well, uh, I like it's, it. it's a lazy person's... That's uh, what I think, too, it. yeah. It's a, la- it's a lazy way of... Ah, it's those, it's those fucking millennials again. Damn. <laughs> it's, always, it's always their fault, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. It all depends on, you know, in all seriousness, it all depends on the message you want to get across. But, you know, I was watching this this vertical video that was shot by somebody live on Facebook about a guy that was in a traffic stop. And, you know, I was just like, God, if you just turn the thing sideways, we could see so much more. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was frustrating right. to see such a narrow uh, field of view that you really couldn't see the other cop that was coming up on the side uh, and ultimately ended up grabbing the guy um, right. and, you know, wrestling him to the ground. And that's when the... You know, people went crazy because he was getting his head smashed into the ground. But you couldn't see any of that other stuff going on or the crowd or anything because it was such a narrow field of view. Um, So I find it frustrating, personally. Well, speaking of vertical video, anyone excited that uh, Twitter might sell Vine instead of shutting it down? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either, excited. but but I don't think I'm not really excited. I, it's like okay, fine. Yeah. Does that mean more people won't be out of work? Yeah, okay, go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just didn't never paid any attention to it because it got boring pretty quickly. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. replaced by Snap Stories and Snapchat. Right Snapping now, Instagram's going to do video. Instagram and is else, all so. over. Yeah, I, yeah, a lot and of you, stuff. YouTube VR is. Uh, it's it, a whole new way to watch. Just just was announced, and so. Um, yep. you know, it's going to be, it's going to be there that this, uh, VR, uh, headset, the, the, uh, daydream from Google, yep. um, mm-hmm. it's cheap. What, what, what is it? Like 40 bucks? 200 bucks. Oh, 200, 200 bucks. bucks. Okay. And it, will that only take the pixel? Yes. Okay. So there's right no now other, it will. no other right Android now it will. phones. I think that, I think that, uh, some of the Samsung stuff will work and some of the LG stuff will work, but okay. right now it only works with the pixel. Okay. All right. So if you if you have a an Android uh, flagship phone, I'm sure that uh, Google will will probably support those. You know? Okay. Yeah, well, that'd be good. that'd be good. Yeah. Speaking of Samsung, just briefly, I mean, did you see that <clears throat> Samsung's now uh, shipping their their all their phones? It comes with a small little fire extinguisher. Have you seen that? <laughs> and their washers. Yeah, well, the washers. Not the dryers yet, just the washers. They actually fixed the washer problem by just a big piece of duct tape across the top. So it's it's really good. But no, this is uh, that, by the way, is our first fake story of uh, of the new. (laughs) Which one? Thing of the week, fellas. 
fake stories. The fake story is my cool thing. <laughs> All right, let's talk about cool things of the week. I see that. Uh, I don't have one. I don't Phil have doesn't one. have one. Sorry. I, I'm wow. working on it. Let me work on wow. it. All okay. right, so Tim, you He's go first. Time. Okay, this is an interesting one I saw a week or two ago. Um, it's called Narrow, and it's a service that allows you to bookmark similar to Inst- Instapaper or Pocket, um, but it, instead of putting them into a reader app, it actually changes them into a podcast with huh. uh, a bunch of different voices. Um, it is, um, you know, Android app, uh, iOS app, uh, supports Chrome, so you can bookmark stuff like in your in your browser, and then it uh, provides a podcast. I thought this was that a very is, innovative that actually, idea. Yeah, that, that actually it's is a good I'm idea. Gonna, I'm going to start to use because huh. it, it will help uh, put together podcasts. You know, oh, but yeah. from ad hoc articles. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, that 60 dB app that I talked about uh, is my cool thing a couple weeks ago. They're mm-hmm. actually having uh, very short form things created for 60 dB by all these different providers rather than something like this, which is you just stick your, maybe your feed, you bookmark your feeds and you yep. can just have it read to you. Huh. That is cool. So, so it costs seven ninety nine a month if you use the pro version, which unlocks all the features, but you can try it for free. Okay. Well, uh, I'll go through mine while Phil is con- uh, finishing up his. Um, well, I've, I've got mine. I, that's just one from from a couple of weeks ago that I was going to talk about. Okay. Got, got bumped, but it was just I haven't got the link put in. But that'll be in by the time you know through the magic of post production. Well, well, no, there's a link there. Okay. Well, yeah, that, but I'm not. Put it in a, so, oh, wait, well, okay, so what is it? Phil? What? It's called Encourage. Oh, it's the uh, the iPhone 7 dongle on your keychain. It's true. It's oh, only $6. It's like it's a... It's a, it's a freaking keychain. It's, it's a mock. It's basically a mock pin, you know... Yeah. Um, 3.5 millimeter pins. Pin yep. connector that you just basically stick your uh, your your adapter dongle, you know, your... your pin to lightning adapter for your new iPhone 7 yep. or 7 Plus, and you just put that on your keychain, and you won't use your little dongle. I thought it was kind of cool. I just bought I, four of those dongles for six, they're six bucks a piece. Yeah. And I mean, stuck I, them I on just, all my I headphones. Just, yeah, I just don't think that they're, they're, you know, this is not by any means earth-shattering and innovative, but I think it's a cool little thing. It answers an issue. It answers a, a, a problem or a question yeah, or yeah. It addresses a problem. So well, I don't yeah. see how this is a problem. Why don't you just carry around the the headphones that have uh, the the lightning. lightning connector in it? Don't they ship those in the box? Well, they do. Well, yeah, but, but I those mean, headphones are crap. I mean, well, I can't keep those things in my ears. Yeah, so. and I've got I've got a a four hundred dollar pair of Bose um, noise canceling earbud phones. You know, headphones. Right. Right. And, um, you know, so I they obviously want to use the adapter. Using, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to throw them out just because I can't stick them in with a lightning cord. Okay, then why don't you just put the ad- the dongle onto those and keep it on I did. headphones at all times? I did. I, that's why I said I oh, bought okay. four dongles. You know, yeah. but maybe maybe somebody doesn't have all that money for just a bunch of dongles. There you, you go. Know, come on. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm with you. Come on, you, you elite. I just think it would look, <laughs> yeah, look yeah. bad hanging off your keychain. That's all. Oh, I think yeah, it looks kind of cool. It could. Of course, uh, then, uh, you know, for all your other dongles, they're going to have something so you'll look like a janitor with all these don- <laughs> dongles hanging off. Have it in one of, those, one of those retractable keychains <laughs> on your belt. Yeah. 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 Hey, anybody need a dongle? I got a dongle right here. Yeah. All I right, got so, your dongle. So my, okay, cool, Steve. my cool thing of the week is something that's been out for a while called, Pro, called Proton Mail. 
and it is hat time it's encrypted well you know what uh we don't know what uh, our president-elect is going to do relative to all everything that's in place with uh, you know, all the mass surveillance and the ability to do a Google-like search on all that metadata and so on. And he's proven himself to be a little childish and vindictive. And no. so um, I could, you know, envision him saying, that damn Phil Wilson, i got to shut him up. So let's, uh, let's, you know, search and do a little background checking on him. Anyway, but Proton <laughs> Mail is in Switzerland. I don't know Steve Borsch, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know life. anything about him. Um, <laughs> Proton Mail is in Switzerland, and it's fully encrypted email service. And Proton Mail does not keep a private key. So they can't see it. And they also say, look, if you don't have a recovery email uh, and you lose your password, <laughs> nothing we can do. We can't because we can't see any of that stuff. And their um, service doubled since Tuesday or, mm-hmm. you know, starting Wednesday, people signing up for their proton mail. You can get a free account. It's not very big. It's like you know, 500 megs. I've got um, and then you can up, do like I did. You can upgrade. Um, five bucks a month or 48 a year and you can get um, you know, 10 gigs of storage and so forth. Five gigs of storage. Wh- Let's whatever. hope that John Podesta signed up for this. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But, you okay. know, if you're going to, if you're going to send uh, email to somebody that doesn't encrypt it, your email is still exposed. So there's that. Damn. Um, but also, um, um, you know, people have said use Tor, use signal app and mm-hmm. use a vpn those are the big three if you want to uh ratchet up your privacy so there you go there you are uh anything new as far as upcoming events it doesn't look like anything new i'm actually toddling off to product camp here after we finish up the podcast or, yeah or well design, so. there there may be an iot fuse related uh holiday party holiday gathering with one of our Jeez. sponsors uh but but nothing to report yet and we don't have a lot of the social stuff um, I haven't seen a lot of the stuff come across yet, and we'll we'll uh, see if we're allowed to put that up here. Um, okay, and uh, we'll do that. There you have it. All right. Well, everybody, you keep calm, carry on, and we'll, we'll talk about what uh, what happens in technology next week on the Minivate Gang Podcast. Take see care you then.